There's a place I can go just to hear a good show. People talking about stuff that you didn't know. You've got Erica Bong and a crab singing songs. Topical Island, that's the place I'll be on. Oh, won't someone get me out? Ah, the sweet sounds of Los Angeles. Streets and cars and roads and just, you know, nature at its finest. <coughs> oh, a little cough ah, there. Lovely. Did you, lovely you, what did you swallow? Breath. Oh, it was just the air. Take me, through, the... take me through the taste of, of yeah. Los Angeles. It, uh, it feels uh, a little sweet, a little bitter, and a little hopeful. Oh. All at the same time. You need that hope. Yep. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you'll drown in... <laughs> This town is... Tears. How long have you been in Los Angeles? I've been in Los Angeles nine years. By the way, you are listening to the sweet, sweet voice of Jeffrey Baldinger. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, hey, baby. Hey, yeah. This is Jeffrey Baldinger and Eric Lampere. Uh, <laughs> you've, been a, you've been a friend of mine since uh, the beginning of yep. Los Angeles, which has been very needed. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've, I've enjoyed our friendship. I very much enjoyed as soon as you... I, soon, I feel like as soon as I met you, I was like, yeah... I like this guy. Yeah? yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's the, well, that's the vibe I'm trying to yeah. put off. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. It's been fun because you've only known me through the fucking Los Angeles is hard <laughs> uh, period of my life. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> and on the podcast, I'm selling it really well. I'm yeah. selling it like I handled it well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But actually, the truth is... It's been rough. It's, it's fucking been, been challenging. Fucking yeah. You've seen me at, uh, as yeah. a sort of vulnerable. Well, you know how I found out about your divorce? You said it on stage at Comedian Cinema Club. And oh, I right, was like, yeah, wait, yeah. really? You're like, yeah, it's true. And I was like, Jesus. It's the, it was just a very therapeutic way of just right. revealing that, uh, yeah, oh, outside of these walls, my life is uh, a struggle. Yeah. But that's uh, one of those things that, that uh, only people who've performed with, like, if you perform with somebody enough, you just, you, you realize what's uh, an act and what's, you right. know, real. And so, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, that, this is, this that is not real. like a riff. This You're is, right. like, real. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's hard. And I'll tell you what's really hard um, is the smoke and mirrors thing. Yeah. You know, like, the, the, the making it seem like you're constantly doing well. And the, and the truth is, if you haven't made it to a certain level, then... You're, you 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 haven't made it like right. to, to, well, certainly to the European pals that I have the European followers and stuff. It's so easy to make it seem like you're doing well in Los Angeles because it's always sunny, right? right? So all you need is really a picture by someone's pool, right? And actually, a lot of apartment complexes have pools and stuff. Yeah. You know, like you can in the make worst parts seem. of LA. You can take a picture by the pool, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like like that's. Just it, it, it depends. It, you really know if you're doing well if there's uh, whether or not there's a gate around the pool. That's oh, really is that one of them? Not, if there's yeah, it's like all right, what part of town are they in? All right, cool. Unless <laughs> uh, unless you know you have got your own pool, right? And then right, it doesn't right. even need a gate. Yeah, ex- exactly. Your house needs the gate. The house has the gate. <laughs> yes, right. but it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been challenging, and I and I thought you know what, I'll just tell my truth on this on today's yeah. episode. Well, it's it's funny because you mentioned you know it's so easy for people to believe you know to believe the illusion of success in L.A. simply because right. you just say like you're a comic in L.A. A lot of okay, people so that, like, oh, yeah, that's, let's fucking that's do amazing. This. Let's just that's get into like yeah. the things that were driving me insane. Yeah, let's, that, let's that start is, it up. And and just as a, a word of a word of warning, mm. a word of warning, um, there is also my pride in my ego that that 
that I learned to actually go, no, come on, Eric, you're starting again. So there is also me going, you know, it just took a while because of my pride. Right. But let me set the scene firstly for, for Europe. In Europe, that was my only job. And so, yeah. and I'm talking to listeners here, really, because you, you've actually, you know my life quite well. But, Very to, well. but to, to the listeners, basically, I was just doing stand up. That was my only job. And I, I wanted to break Which into cinema. Which is a dream. Yeah. Like, that is living a dream. I didn't realize I was living my dream already. Yeah. Because I sort of wanted more. You know, I want, like, we all do, right? We all want mm-hmm. just a little bit more. But I didn't realize how much my identity relied on performing regularly, right? Just A, for the satisfaction, but B, to feel like I've got a purpose, like I'm doing something. And so I was regularly doing stand-up, and in between I would do a bit of acting, and that was going slowly very well, which is what ultimately I want to do, which is cinema. I really want to do cinema. Right. That's one of the reasons why Hollywood, I thought, was you know, very appealing. Yeah. And it still is, and I will come back. Absolutely. Um, I say we'll come back because I am departing. I'm leaving. I'm but going not, back to Europe. Not deporting. Not Just departing. 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 It's very, very, a hell of a very difference. key. Yes. Okay. Very big difference. Well, I'm, I have to say I'm very close to being deported as well. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to keep my green card. There's a thin line, but you're still on the, uh, the A part of it. You're not, you haven't reached O. Okay. <laughs> and so I was regularly doing some stand up and doing it well in terms of like being invited to festivals like Just for Laughs in Montreal and, and Johannesburg. And to be invited to these, you need already to be at a certain level. Yeah. And so in my head, I was like, well, I'm already at a certain level. This will translate to the LA comedy scene. Uh, I'll be able to just go to the comedy store in the improv and go, hey, I'm a comedian and, and this is what I do and here's my credits and stuff. But like you said, everyone that gets on a area where there's a microphone will say they're a comedian and that's fine and actually there's nothing wrong with going i'm an aspiring comedian no. but in this town there seems to be no difference in b- between someone saying i'm a comedian and and they're not they've got like they've got another full-time job and they've not really had enough stage time to really like fucking own the stage right uh and then there's the, the professional comedians but how do you like well, the, the how do you make it? You know, like uh, one, one, one example is if I email a club in, in America. Firstly, I've got to somehow get them to open email, right? And I have to acknowledge that there are thousands of people emailing them that actually haven't got the clout to hold a headlining spot, right? right? I know I can do it, right? And I say that because for ten years I felt a bit like a fraud, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I'm okay. Maybe yeah, yeah, like yeah. sort of British attitude. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm I'm good. And now I'm like, no, you know what? I'm fucking good at this now. Yeah. Finally, I'm good enough to say that I can do it. Yeah. And so how do you get them to open the email? How do you get them to read the email? And then how do you just get them to convince, like... I mean, that's the question that every every single person is asking all the time. I, uh, I, uh, you know... uh, Simply just, you know, booking requests or like, uh, you know, we, you know, in the subject line booking requests or like we met a few weeks ago and I'm following up, you know, whatever it is. And then the email, you just right. kind of list, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And then you include the tape and it's like, I would love to perform at your, you know, club and stuff like that. And there's, there's no rhyme or reason. Like, I don't have a hundred percent track record. I don't think anybody has a hundred percent track record of emailing and getting the immediate response that you want. Right, right, right. But <clears throat> it's just about conveying your skill through email. And it's like it's a weird skill. That's that's a different skill entirely. It's, but it's also not just that. It's that for example, where I come from in the UK, uh uh, someone that's only got five minutes or someone right. that isn't really got a strong 20 minutes wouldn't message the clubs 
Right. Saying See, they, they just wouldn't message them because they know they're not there yet. That's the issue with a lot of uh, young comics <clears throat> that um, that happen that happens to everybody that I like from when I was starting to now when I see it in you know people are just like it's the two year comic syndrome where right. they've been doing it two years and they've been you know they've been doing okay and they're like hey, I'm just as good as the fucking guy who's been doing it twelve or right. uh, thirteen or whatever and it's like but that there's that level <clears throat> excuse me yeah, damn. have a little bit of water you know what. Let's have a, a little bit of dinner, mate. There we go. Okay. Just, oh, yeah, that's better. A little quiet dinner yeah. for two. Okay. But it's, it's, the, uh, it's the fake it till you make it mentality, mm. which, a lot of, which is a good, you know, have the confidence. Be, you know, ready for opportunities when they arise and don't, right. like, shirk away from it. But also, you need to be ready for those opportunities. You right. can uh, have the confidence all you want, but... If, if you given an opportunity and then you fail at that opportunity or whatever, yeah. you're not ready for it. That's a stigma that'll stick, stick with you with for, you, yeah. not forever, but for a little for bit. For a while, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's good because then it'll, like, it'll humble you a little bit and you'll be like, all right, need to actually get to work. And it kind of gives you the realization. Right, of right. Like, oh, okay, I wasn't ready then. Now I can you know, right. get to it. But to, to your point This of, place definitely humbled <clears throat> me, for, for sure. Right, because to your like the thing about L.A. that's different from most other places, except for maybe New York, is uh, you know you're online, you're competing for stage time with you know comics that are world famous and actors who want to try stand up who are world famous who are you know like things that like, you have to be funnier than the least famous famous person that's on your lineup if you don't that, have any credits see, to get on that lineup but that for me personally is like yeah challenge accepted yeah get me on but it's the getting on right like mate the amount of times i've done the comedy store now the three minutes at 4 p.m on a monday and i'm like thank you actually for getting me on i do appreciate it yeah but ultimately there's so much i can show you in three minutes give me a fucking 20 i'll show you what i'm doing like, yeah, well, and that's, that's the I mean, frustrating no, thing is, <clears throat> there's is, no 20 minute spots in LA. It's uh, 15 <laughs> is pretty much the, but, but, the okay, max. Okay, yeah. or 15, right? But like, what I mean is like, you know, at some point, a lot of people can do three minutes, right? Right. But let me like the, showing how you can do 15 and half an hour and 45 and an hour, right? That's like okay, and that's why I'm. It, that's the struggle that I had. It's a it's a big struggle because that's the menta- that's a. Uh, uh, weekend mentality, uh, right? Co- you know, weekend is L.A. is a showcase town. Right. You're not doing weekends. You're not doing right, right, forty-five right. unless you're, you know, promoting it as like I, Eric Lampere, I'm doing an hour this week, and I, you know, come yeah, out yeah, and yeah. see me. Yeah. If you're on a show, you're doing ten to fifteen minutes. Right. Seven comics are doing. You know, oh yeah, like, I mean you're absolutely yeah, right. You know, it's like it's a completely different monster yeah. over here, uh, or beast, or how whatever you know industry. Of, it is a beast. It is a monster. A beast, you know, yes. uh, and so that so those three minute sets are like, can you showcase what you can do in fifteen minutes in three minutes? Can right. I see your act? Right. Can I see what you are in three minutes? That I mean, it's and I do and I do like and in all fairness, I am so glad I've come here. Like yeah. I'm so glad that I've learned how to do shorter st- stuff. Yeah, like uh, I'm so glad that you know I recorded an album and. The, the last album I recorded, The Alien of Extraordinability, was. Uh, I'm actually really proud of it. You did that uh, Comedy on State, right? Yeah, Comedy on State was Love that club. F- f- incredible. Yeah. But what was really interesting was that 
all of a sudden, I started looking at stand-up like tracks. Like, oh, this is a four-minute track. This is a seven-minute track. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to doing like an hour right. that I that they all sort of bleed into one, right? That, right. So, the, so it becomes a whole story. But ultimately, if you were to just take a snippet out of it, it may require the thing before to, right. for it to make sense. Exactly. And so I'm super glad I've come to LA to experience all of this. But yeah, essentially, the reason I'm going back is the regular work. Yeah. And and it's just like I've enjoyed having a lot of free time and I I wrote script and I learned how to be a better script writer. Like the entire experience has been amazing and I want to live here. Like I actually yeah. I, I love you. I love Brian Vokey. I love so many bloody the, yeah, the entire too. comedian cinema yeah. club. Like the yeah. fact that like now I've got a show here and I'm no longer gonna be here. Like, yeah. Well, that, I mean, you did something that's pretty incredible. Just as far as this comedian cinema club goes, is there's there's very few shows that uh, sell out every week and sell it like. And it took a while to get there, but it's yeah, like yeah. comedian cinema club. That's something that there's. It has a built-in audience now. It, they come every week, and they come for every show and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's a huge rarity in L.A. It now, is It is a nice feeling. It's to, a really cool feeling. A, yeah, it's a fun feeling the fact to that have you've a been good written show. up in you know, L.A. Weekly, and right. uh, what was the last one that just came out? Uh, best, it was like, yeah, best of, best of LA shows or whatever. Comedy troops and stuff. And that's, like, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, in the, uh, you know, whether or not... Uh, tangibility wise it anything comes from it the, right, right. the idea that you create you created this thing that has this lasting impact on the people of la like that's it's a thing now right it's like community it cinema club, cool. people know about it people go to it and like that's the thing and that it you is created. fun it's a it's a what i like about it is that i feel a little bit like it's fight club and i'm tyler durden because right. i i seem to be going from one city to another setting up community cinema club and then going i've got to leave Right. And so like so it's but happening in London Pitt or Ed, Ed Norton. Well, I'm both, right? Right. Um, and <laughs> because of my mental state currently, how do you know which one you I, are at yeah. which point? <laughs> oh, so let's get into the <laughs> whole mental health. Yeah. Let's get into the whole <laughs> mental good, health thing. Uh, good transition there. Um, so, for those of you that have kept up with me on Instagram, you know, I'm uh, quite open about talking about mental health because it's yeah. such a fucking spectrum. I mean, there is so many different ways. You could say I'm being mentally challenged, right? Right. And and actually, most people have issues in yeah. some ways. Yeah, absolutely. It could be very small, and f- most people. There's no such thing as normal. Right. It's so <laughs> uh, yeah. What is the normal? Sp- the average of the spectrum. Is right. Right. Nor- like the average. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. just You know, it's an average. Like of, even you, of you know, like yeah. on the outside, I'm like, oh, Jeffrey's you know, like a normal guy, and that yeah. like he's decent. Yeah. Like you're lo- you've always come with loving open arms. Like Absolutely. So ultimately, you're a very kind guy. And yesterday we had a little conversation, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I, I can see there's a little bit of fire yeah, in your yeah. eyes." Yeah. And I was like, exactly. "And then I was like, Where that, where's that fire coming from?" Yeah. And then you like revealed more, and I was like, "This is super oh, interesting." Wow. Yeah, like your your view of death and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, uh, if you go check out Jeffrey. So actually, you've got a podcast that you're about to start, right? Yeah, it's called the uh, the Bald Spot with Jeffrey Baldinger. The Bald I, Spot. I, I'm your host, Jeffrey Baldinger, and. It will be the bald spot, and it will be obviously like more just silly and fun, right? Yeah, silliness, just fun. But will you be talking about like your view of death and stuff? Because it's certainly like when you were telling me about your experience, I was like, "Yeah, oh shit, that's weird." Yeah, yeah, and and weird not in a bad way, more in a like this is interesting. Do you want to talk about it now? 
We, I mean, we let's uh, we're doing. Let's, you. let's, let's yeah. go. Let's go. You. This is let's your podcast. My mental health. Let's see your mental health. <laughs> I, the, my whole Edinburgh show last year was about uh, uh, my view of death and like all that stuff. And, and you will so, be in like, Edinburgh this year. I'll be in Edinburgh this year again. With yes, me. Exactly. Oh, it'll, it'll be, be so a great nice time. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. If you're in Edinburgh, go check him out. He's, you're doing a show about the Bible and the weird, uh, yeah, the so weird parts the, of the Bible, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Book of Jeffrey is. What yeah, I'm very excited to hear it. It's going to be fun. So I. My Edinburgh show is going to be about this current thing that I've experienced, which was I made peace with three traumatic uh, moments in my life. And and I'm talking about like, I you know, it required hypnotherapy because it was something that I would look at in my past, in my childhood and be like, yeah, yeah, I forgave it. You know, like, because like, that's what I wanted to do. I honestly wanted to forgive these moments. and right. But I actually, it was still... I'm still in my unconscious. It was still there. So to, to hang up. To really fully just let it go meant that I was no longer in pain from the past. And therefore, because there was no pain from the past, I was no longer worried about the future, no longer trying to plan from, for the, to not have those pains anymore. So one of them is homeless. Right. You know, from 15 to 19, I was kind of homeless. And um, <clears throat> there was a little bit of blame towards the parents on that, a little bit on me as well, because I sort of, Chose it. Okay. My, the, the, my parents gave me the option to go with the mum or the dad. And because I traveled so much as a kid, I was fucking tired of it. Right. I was like, I finally got some friends and I want to go to school because I don't want to end up like my parents. Ultimately, that's the truth, the sad truth. And I look back and I go, my parents are fucking badass. Right. But as a fucking teenager, I was like, I don't want to be like you. Right. It's yeah, a it's a hard part of growing up. Is it, the best part about growing up is if you're lucky enough to look back on your parents and being like, "Oh, they were great." Yeah, like now I do. Now, yeah. I, honestly, I love my parents. Yeah. Mainly because not only did I forgive everything that happened in the past, but then I sort of questioned, okay, like why did they do the mistake? And, right. I, and I'm ta- I talk about it lightly because come and see my show. Come and see my yeah. Edinburgh show. It's going to be fucking uh, better constructed and I'll talk about it properly. It's going to be the most, it's going to be one of the best shows you see. Honestly. I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm honestly so excited. Go see Eric Lampere in Edinburgh. It's going to be amazing. Thanks, mate. Of course. Um, but to then question their own childhood and question what happened to them and maybe the mental health of our grandparents and, and all of that. All of a sudden you go, oh, like we're all just people and we're yep. just all trying our best. And once you no longer need your parents, and by say need, I mean like this mother, the mummy issues that a lot of men have or the daddy issues that a lot of women have. If you can just let go of that, then all of a sudden you're you're rising above it and you're becoming your own adult, which is what I did. Yeah, I didn't realize that as a 32 year old man, actually I still had some hangups about yeah. my parents, and, and a lot of people do. Most people do; it's, they don't realize. But yeah, LA has given me so much fucking time, and that is the beauty of LA. But honestly, I used to just be a full time comedian and right. then you didn't work have time to think about. Didn't have too the much deeper time. levels of. Where your comedy was coming Here, from. Not only did I have time, but I went through a divorce. So I really like went, th- I questioned like, yeah. who the fuck am I? And, and you know, like that my, phrase. my wife did point out a couple of things that she, you know, sort of didn't like about my personality, which, you know, was mentioned by previous girlfriends. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, I can't just ignore this anymore. Like wh- at a what? certain point, it was things like, you know, I work too fucking hard and so therefore, I make them feel lonely, which is sad. I mean, ultimately, that is horrible. Yeah. To, to make the person that you love feel lonely in their home. Their, their home. Yeah. 
you know, and the, the way I saw it was I'm working hard because I used to be homeless. Right. And I don't want that. But that's a thing that would never, I'm 32. Like, ultimately, right. like, I'm, it's never going to happen anymore because right. I now I'm an adult enough to make the right decisions. And the other thing is, like, you're working hard so you don't become homeless. You could interpret that in a certain way of being like, well, what about us? You're working hard for you. Is what about working hard oh, for us? Oh, that's the thing as well. Like I was working because, uh, you know, one of her dreams uh, was, you know, a home with a garden, right. a dog, a cat, you know, like, and so I was going, I want to get us that. Yeah. And so I worked so fucking hard, but then I just, essentially I was just too far away. Right. And because also I was working hard, wasn't taking care of my myself, like in terms of like human interaction and good food and exercise and stuff. And so then I was a bit snappy. And those snappiness actually also came from the bullying years I had as a kid. She mentioned a couple of times, she was like, I'm not your bully. Right, which was, I mean, I have to say, my wife, she has her flaws, but she was actually always kind of spot on when it came to like certain things. Yeah. And uh, and that annoyed me. She said that because she was absolutely right, but I didn't know how to not react. That's one thing that I do sympathize with people that, well, just people. You know, we, we've all got our, our own exposition. We've all got, like, however old we are, that many years' worth of cause and effect behind us right. to make us the identity that we are today. And so in my head, when I was sometimes snapping, and I didn't want to, but I, and by sna- I never, like, hit or anything like that, but I shouted sometimes, and actually that's, that's equally bad. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not to nice. To yell at another adult is fascinating to me <laughs> you know it's like well, it's because it, we're kids right i mean the, ultimately that's the truth is that the majority of us out there are actually still kids right and we're looking for a parent and whether that's a parent in like uh, uh, someone else's relationship or literally like a parent like like a leader, like uh, like Donald Trump or something. Like they, some people just want to be told what to do. Yeah, it's just so much easier, and I totally understand that because and I've that's, had that's getting parented, right? Getting told, tell me what to do. You take care of it. Just tell me where to go. And I think we need a little bit of that because the the freedom I had in LA was quite fascinating. I had so much time on my hands that I was free to create as much as I wanted, and I, I wrote scripts and I, I, I did my best. I was actually still going crazy. I need a little bit of freedom. Because there's isolation. There's need, isolation yeah. and freedom. Oh, my God. And so I don't know where I'm at here. But anyway, so I, I, I dealt with a traumatic experience. And so I started feeling really good. So uh, before we get into the really good part, I just want for, for the listeners who are curious about how you let go of the pain. Right. How d- how did you let well, go? Well, I mean, pain? I actually did it through hypnotherapy, okay. o- online videos of hypnotherapy, and um, I was a little bit dubious at first. And and uh, hypnotherapy only works if you want it to work, right? Because she'll ask. She firstly gets you to a state of deep relaxation, right? And that already requires a little bit of prep. You got to breathe. You got to so already just you know. It's not everybody can get to that, right? And because I was doing yoga already and stuff, that I was able to actually just breathe and un- and understand what it's meant by like breathing and deep breathing relax- properly. There's the yeah. old thing where it's like, how do you not breathe properly? It's just naturally yeah, it's like, breathing properly. Breathe. Yeah, is 
And so important. like you do that and then she asks questions that would be work that work on everybody. Right. Like uh, think of a traumatic experience in your childhood. Everyone has something. And so whatever it is that came to your mind, let's work with that. And so she was she she would phrase it. Her name is Marissa Peer and she's very I mean she's fucking good because she made me feel a lot better. Okay. Honestly, a lot better. And I honestly made peace with the memories of the past. Um, so I was feeling so good. I didn't know what to do with this. I had never felt that good. My entire 20s was in depression and anxiety. And my anxiety was so high that I, I would hardly ever get depressed. It mm. just, I wouldn't allow myself. Right. Because I'd be like, get up. Yeah. Do something, you fucking lazy cunt. Your anxiousness like, uh, abated your depression. Right. And Which so it's like uh, it's kind of healthy. And I think like it's a yeah, health, like, it's a it's an unhealthy version of being healthy. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like how do you keep so fit? I'm too anxious to eat. I, just, I don't eat. Right, right. Like, oh, that's not healthy either. It's like, but I look good. Huh? Right. Well, uh, yeah, that's me. Just this nervous little bloody chihuahua man. Yeah. Just shaking. <laughs> the, the future is coming. <laughs> the future. <laughs> and so um, all of a sudden I started feeling good and I didn't know what to do with it. And, and it was so nice to be able to make other people feel good. Mainly because, you know, most people, a lot of people try that. A lot of people do that. But actually also... You're kind of most people are bogged down with their own pains, right? And so to honestly not be in pain was freeing to the point where I suffered, quote unquote, because I want it back. Uh, <laughs> but I suffered from hypomania, yeah, which is uh, explain to the, the people opposite, at home what that is opposite of depression, yeah, and that is insane to think about. To think that not only is it an opposite of depression, which actually all of a sudden makes sense. You know, there's a spectrum to everything yeah. in life. But that it's bad. Like, I still can't quite come to terms with the fact that, like, the feeling that I had, which was feeling invincible and going out of my way to make everybody feel good. And I'm talking about, like, that's doing it through conversation, right. through making them laugh, which is a skill that I have. Right. And that's the way I saw it was... I would always try and find out what was their traumatic experience and then try and make them laugh about it. Because if that's the way to heal right. for me is honestly to be able to laugh at the trauma, the trauma, then you're, you're on your way to healing. Move and so I was doing that and people were thankful and they were like, thank thanking me for, Oh, thanks for that. I really needed that actually. It's the and human interaction. Yeah. But, but also like to not be scared of hearing their trauma. Right. It's uh, the way I could compare it is uh, Joel Osmond, uh, the little boy in the sixth sense, mm -hmm. when he's finally Haley Joel Osmond, Haley Joel Osmond, and he's finally uh, coming to terms with the fact that he can see ghosts, and he's helping them. Yeah. And there's a what's her name from Nine Hundred Two One Zero or whatever. You know, like she's vomiting. She's a believer. I never actually saw the movie. What? <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, I caught one live. I caught a real one. You've not seen the sixth sense. No, it was uh, when it, it was immediately ruined for me. Like oh, you're a freak, mate. Immediately, Mike. somebody told me immediately what happened, and it was just like, uh, okay. Right. And I just never saw it. Well, you should definitely still watch it if you yeah. could, because, so obviously, it is a shame that it got ruined for you. Yeah, it was like, and it wasn't like, I, I was like a month after, no, it was. Immediately. Immediate. Uh, that is so annoying. Immediate. It's like, he was dead the whole time. I was like, what? What? Right, I, that is annoying. Oh, but I tell you okay. what, if you love cinema, right, yeah, is, is re watching it, knowing it all of a sudden, 
the way it's constructed, yeah, it's beautiful because okay. the whole time, all of a sudden, uh, when there's interactions with Bruce Willis and uh, another adult, for example, yeah, it seems like oh, they're not talking because they're just awkward, yeah. and it's actually no, he's just she can't see him, right? Uh, it, anyway, at one moment he helps uh, Misha Barton. Uh, Misha Barton. She, she's throwing up, and he's finally helping her, and, she, and then she goes, "Thanks." Like, I needed that. Like, because at the first, it, she seemed scary. Yeah. And that's how I felt, is that, like, some people maybe seemed a little bit scary or on edge, and I was approaching them with love. And that's good. But I also then, for example, sucked someone's dick. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Just depending to cheer on, him up. D- depending on who you are, that is also good. It's a lovely It's a treat. lovely gesture. But as I was doing it, I was going, this ain't for me. Yeah. This yeah. is, I'm not gay. Hey. And, uh... Actually, I'll tell you what was really nice was to know that now. Because I've always been a little Beyond a reasonable doubt. Bi-curious. <laughs> and maybe I'm still bi-curious. Maybe you're curious about being bi-curious. Maybe I'm bi-bi-curious. Bi-bi-curious. Yeah, bi-bi-curious. Yeah. That's a song from the, from the Beatles. Isn't it? <laughs> Bye-bi-curious. <laughs> I think it was George's song. <laughs> yeah, of bye course bye it was. Bye-bi-curious, George. Um, um, but uh, After um, India. I think what the reason I'm not by curious anymore is because that man had a balding head, and I think to receive a blowjob from someone whose head you can slap because it makes a funny <laughs> sound is is not attractive. Now, did you slap his head while it was happening? No, Just... but I could see my head shining yeah. back and going, "What are you, you doing?" You're looking in your reflection in his in his bald head, and you're just like. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you through that bald head. What are you doing? <laughs> what is this? What is this life? Oh, my God. I you, tell you what, maniac. Looking at your reflection is, is very interesting. Actually, so many people said to me during that hypomania, were you looking at your reflection? And I don't recall a time that I did. Maybe I was just so yeah. enthralled with reality. It's that hard I no to look at yourself because you're not really looking at yourself. You're looking at a reflection. Um. Oh, I guess a reflection of how you are in yeah, your mind. in your mind. Of course. Yeah. You need other people to yeah. actually give you a real you reflection. You don't actually know what you look like. Right. You just see how you see yourself. Yeah, that's why people, you know, surround themselves with yes men and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And, or and, yes women. Oh, yes women. I think women honest, generally are more honest if, you, if, if you're honest back with them. Yeah. Does that make sense? If you, if it feels like if you, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. If I'm, I don't know. I think that uh, I think there's an e- there's a different sort of uh, dishonesty between men and women when they're giving up, you know, their opinion to you right, or right. whatever. But it there's an equal level of honesty and dishonesty between the sexes and genders and whatnot. It's hard to communicate. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, f- I found that... See, there's a difference between vulnerability and b- weakness. And so and that I didn't understand fully. That's so a lot of people don't understand that. That's, that's a big thing about showing weakness, or, like, the, showing your true self right. can be seen as weakness to people who don't understand... Well, for example, like, with, with, with my, uh, you know, ex-wife, uh, often I would, you know, in moments where I would struggle... You know, financially, for example, because she didn't work. So, like, to to keep up uh, the appearance of us doing well and yet, you know, me behind closed doors really struggling. Yeah. I felt like I could be honest with her and be like, this is fucking hard. And therefore, like, you know, sometimes cry and, and all of that. And where she comes from, Pittsburgh, where, like, emotion is, uh, uh, you know, weakness. Yep. 
that like it just that was a shitstorm. Yeah. In 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 the old household, that was difficult. deal with it. Yeah, it was man up was what yeah. I heard multiple times in a marriage. Yeah. And I was like that, and, and and in my head I was going, you don't understand how harsh that is. Well, yeah. man up. Oh fuck, like man up. Very difficult. Uh, yeah, you see Book of Mormon. He's got that whole song. Man oh, up. I don't remember. Man up. I got do. to man up. It is a great show, though. I yeah. <laughs> the AIDS song is maybe my favorite. Uh, that's uh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, we went on this sort of weird tangent. Yeah, but but, uh, <clears throat> but like to to be here and have a lot of free time. Uh, has been so good in terms of really dissecting who I am. And the reason I went to hostel is because I woke up and didn't know who I was. Yeah, how was like that? Is, they the still most don't know. Terrifying thing. Honestly, was, was the scariest thing I've ever gone through. To wake up and not know who you like, legitimately not know who you are. Yeah, didn't know my name. Didn't know where I of was. Amnesia or something like that. Uh, yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah, and and because I was going through, it was during the hypomania phase, and honestly, I'm. I'm skirmishing. Like, skirmishing is not the right word. I, I'm skimming over loads of beautiful details, right. like that 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 reinforced my mania. Like it was happening during the Ides of March, right. which is a big religious event, and it just it's where like it's, it's almost like a mirror image, right? It just right. F- everything flipped all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. It happened during that. It happened during the butterfly migration in LA, and so I was visually seeing the world become more beautiful and birth as and change, rebirth, and metamorphosis, yeah. all of that. I was honestly. Just seeing these signs, and I know that I was looking for it. Like, if you feel like shit, you look at the shit aspects of life. If you feel good, you look at the things that make you feel good. And I kept seeing just the beauty of the world. Sometimes if you're feeling shit and you see the good things in the world, that makes you feel more like shit because you're looking to feel like shit. Right. You're, you're, you're looking like to confirm... Confirm your feelings. Right. So honestly, this is a whole experience, and it still hasn't stopped. Like, now it's about balance, but... Right. But... um. Because I, I still feel good now. That's good. Um, in, in, in terms of like, I'm I'm struggling right now. But the, the 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 fact that I have let go of the past actually has helped. Yeah, and so I letting go of the past yeah. is something you said. It is hypnotherapy helped, but in what way do you let go? How like how do you let go? I tell you what I like past. about this uh, episode, by the way. Yeah, is that it's become. You asking me questions is actually quite <laughs> well, nice. It's, but it's because it's, it's fascinating to me, you know? It's like, I it's, certainly feel the need to talk about it. Yeah. That is and true. That's something that is... And I feel like it's an important conversation because I feel like so many people deal with not necessarily your specific brand of mental uh, health, uh, you know, issues that you went through, but right. like similar things of... So how do you let go of the past how is the question. Do you, how do you let go of the past? Like, I know you said hypnotherapy helped you but what does that mean what is well, what does it mean to let go so it's not necessarily like hypnotherapy helped me and it doesn't have to help everybody it's about viewing an event let's say um and an event could be like one day but like for example one traumatic experience that i let go of was multiple things actually two of them were multiple things just squashed into one you know epicenter okay uh it's to look at it from a different angle, to look at it from a different perspective. Like, 
there's a there's a director called Eva Irandust. She's a, an Iranian German dict, uh, dictator. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it made sense, right? <laughs> Dude, it After works, Iranian it German, I was like uh, dictator. dictator. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. She's a director. Yeah, wonderful dictator human, on set. Wonderful human being. And she was asking me about my childhood, and I was just telling her, like, you know, yeah. the, the sort of trials and tribulations, and the really, you know. I'm lucky that I've actually got a great story that I've yet to really truly share. Yeah. And so I just told her about it. And my whole life, people would react with, ah, oh my God, ah. Like certainly at the university, right? A university, I've just left my hometown and it, the, the, trauma, the trauma sort of just happened. Yeah. Right. But I was never looking at it like, like so, sort of being homeless for four years right. kind of thing. Uh, I remember moving to university uh, in my halls and I opened the door and my first thought was, ah, I've got a bed. Ooh. I was so happy to have yeah. a bed, right? Which, you know, at the age of 20, that's not that you shouldn't have that, right? But that was an excitement. I was like, oh, my own bed, me, for me. And I never looked at it like a, a sad time. Right. But at university, when people were asking about, you know, we, we learn about each other, getting to know each other, everyone reacted with, oh my God. Right. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, am I a victim? I didn't realize. Should I be that victim? Yeah, I didn't realize. Should I play into that role? All of a sudden, I did. And, and not only did I start playing the, the victim unaware, so it's not like I made a conscious decision, but the first year at university, I nearly died. I, honestly, I was 24 hours away from dying, is the, what the doctors told my parents. Wow. Right? How? Uh, basically, the, I had appendicitis, and they cut my appendix out, and they didn't realize that they cut my intestines. Ooh. And so they sewed me back up and they were like, in you know, a couple of days you'll feel better. But they weren't aware that stomach acid was pouring out Jesus. and I was digesting myself. Oh my right? God. And so... Uh, Unintentional cannibal. It was crazy. And I was in hospital for two, three months. I became a little bit addicted to morphine. Yeah, um, as you do. And honestly, it was crazy to look in the mirror and not see what everyone else was seeing, which was, I, had, I was like seven stones. Like, I lost so much weight, and I was uh, honestly a skeleton. For the American seven stones is... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I even said... 20 pounds? Uh, uh, yeah, bad. It was bad. It was, like, it was very, very light. Like, a Tim Burton character would be yeah. like, damn, you need to yeah, eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're Jack Skellington. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so the whole victim thing even got more reinforced, because then all of a sudden I was just this, this kid at university... That was just a skeleton, and people, you know, felt people felt sorry for me all the right. time. And so all of a sudden, I just played into it. So right, well, you, it's it's hard because that, uh, especially at university, uh, in a new situation with new people, you want you you fit a role, you fill a role that you feel needs. Everyone to be plays filled. a role. Everybody yeah. plays a role, and you're like, oh, I need to be this guy in this situation. I need to be this character of myself, right. Because this is how people will like me, right, right. And, and, and I didn't realize it. And I think most people don't realize that they yeah. naturally or fall into these, I don't know, but these archetypes yeah. and stuff. And so I thought I was that. And then uh, Ava, um, or the Ava, the great right? dictator, the great dictator, she said, oh, wow, that's really brave. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, wait, so like all that happened to you when you were 15 and stuff like that. And then now you live in Hollywood and you make movies. And I was like, yeah, and she was like, yeah, that's really brave. Like, he was 15. Yeah. And the fact that she was sort of phrasing it like he, he was, 15, was 15. The person you, know? you were. It's because, not you anymore. Yeah, because I look back and I go, fuck, that was 17 years ago that yeah. happened. And the thing is, I was dealing with a ripple effect for a long time. And, and I think that's what's really hard is it, with a bit of distance, you can actually go... 
this really actually no longer affects me. Right. And and actually, what has what it has done is made me a lot smarter. Like uh, you know, I now know the experience of what it's like to be homeless and to have anxiety and depression. But all of a sudden, I was going. Well, yeah, what, what am I worried about? And the fact that she said brave, the exact same event, the exact same thing, but all of a sudden it wasn't victim, it was brave. And that... Overcoming... That, that, it's, it's things like that to, to, to realize that if you are currently alive um, and something happened to you in the past, right, then you're a survivor. And if you're a survivor, that's pretty fucking badass. And every, I mean, everybody who's alive is a survivor, yeah, yeah, I know, but like yeah. you know, we all have, like deal with different right. things, and but we that's all... that's the thing. Everybody has dealt with something, right? And if they're still alive, they they survived it, whatever. And it so is. it's it's about the fact that you know, like you're not a victim, and yeah. you need to get the fuck out of that mode because yeah. you're a badass. Like, I'm gonna be honest, and I I never really said this out loud really to people, but my wonderful wife is a badass. She's super smart. Uh, this is something I say to all the fucking time. Yeah. She's super smart. She's funny. She's kind. She's all of that. But she's also playing very much a victim role. And that is a struggling. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you the truth. Yesterday, you know, I spoke to her. I went, I'm moving back to Europe. There's some items that you have. What can I do with it? And she now needs to disassociate herself with from me. Right. Which is fine because that's what she needs. Maybe she needs to also yeah. cut cords and that's totally fine. But she said that like, you know, the whole marriage is a waste of time. And, and I was like, well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. that. Yeah. Like, and that, that was a shame. And in my head I was going, this, this, this can't be about me because I understand that like, I was maybe not the best husband, but I certainly was not a bad one. Right. I think I was a pretty good one. Right. I really did my best. And... And so when I hear that, I go, "Who are you blaming now?" Like, right. like, and the fact the the waste of time thing is like it it can't possibly be. You know, what I mean, it's like that. What? Because yeah, I kept I kept saying to her like, "Oh, I've learned so much being with you." Right. Like she's super smart with animals, so I learned loads about animal behavior and stuff like that. Um, also, she, I mean, she, all the amazing things that she's taught me, but also like. You know, she she did some pretty fucked up shit, and yeah. it turns out I'm actually more patient than I realized. You know, uh, and and stuff like that, and to to realize that, and also to go and not only th- all of that, but I loved you. I love you. Yeah, I still love you now. And love. I mean, love is never a waste of time, in my right. opinion. It's not. And um, so that was really hor- horrible. And 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 I think one of the things that I was trying to do during our relationship was be the knight in shining armor. I think a lot of men feel that need to right. to, to save and to be strong. Yeah. And so I really wanted to do that. And after a while, I was like, I can't help you. Yeah. Like, because I'm, tr- I'm trying. Well, if somebody doesn't want to help themselves, there's no way you can help them. You know, if they don't, you can't, you can't make somebody, you can't make somebody listen. You can't make some, like, you can give somebody all the advice in the world, but until they're ready to hear oh, whatever yeah, and, they need to hear, they're not, like, right, it doesn't right, right. matter. And that's And this is the crazy board, thing. You know? She is full of amazing advice as yeah. well. That's the thing. She's actually so fucking smart. Yeah. That that it almost doesn't make sense. Well, it, that because she's she unable can, to just fucking fucking get out of your hole. It's it's soup. It's cool when somebody's able to give advice, right? But what happens a lot is they can't take their own advice. They right. can't see their flaws. They can see the other people's flaws. And honestly, if you need other people to point the flaws out, right? And, and, and it, people that you trust. That's the other thing. Is like if if there's a lack of trust. That also comes into like, well, I don't, I don't, 
and also I can't trust your opinion on yeah, that. and I think also what's required is um to understand that people come with exposition right because uh sometimes uh for example, oh fuck, fuck it, I'll say it because the little weasel cunt moved out <laughs> without paying rent. Uh, my housemate just moved out uh one day and just went, I'm not paying tomorrow's no rent. Jesus. No warning. So fuck it. However, he's a nice guy. That's the thing. T- that, that, that's the thing. I always nice look guy. at the good, right? Well, that's that's and a big thing about a lot of people is like it's not everybody is a hundred percent anything. Right. I, well, yeah, that's true. But like ultimately I think most people want to be good. And when they're not, it always generally stems from something else, right? Yeah. And he definitely had some anger issues. And, um, I mean, he took it out on me once. Like, he punched me um, twice. And er, twice in the same moment, right? And he asked me not to say, but fuck it. Uh, because, um, fuck it, you, you punched me, dear punched, sir. Punched but him? Because it was during hypomania, yeah. right? Uh, I thought I was being tested. Mm-hmm. So I was like, because my whole shtick was treat everything with love, right? And so uh, he punched me, and I was like, turn the other cheek. Yeah. Just like Jesus would do. Hell yeah. And he came in again, and he punched me, and this time I was on my knees because I was talking to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Fucking, w- I mean, it's a hell of an experience. I've it's going to be a hell of a show in Edinburgh, guys. Hell of a show. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, all of this is, I kept thinking, like, I've experienced a lot of things that artists go through. Like, yeah. John Carpenter's movies... They live. I felt like I was in that at one moment, and then in the march, uh, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, I still feel like I'm in the mouth of madness right now. Like, have you seen that? I haven't. No. Oh man, it's like I've, I, it's really f- nice to feel like John Carpenter. The fact that he's written those, yeah, feels like he's experienced that sort of thing. That, that's a beautiful thing about art is that it can reach so many people, and it's like you when you feel like you felt or how uh, I felt in the past or how other like artists or not just artists, but people feel in the past and they see these films or these, this music or this performance or whatever it right. is. And you're like, what well, that's, I feel that way. Right. I feel that way too. Oh my, I'm not alone. I'm- and it's, and it's nice. And so I was saying that like, you know, when people do shitty behaviors, you have to remember that it comes with exposition. So even though he did punch me and he shouldn't have done it, in all fairness, like he he didn't know what, what was happening to me. Yeah. Like I was doing some weird shit. I mean, I did escape the hospital, for Why example. Why did, did he punch you because you escaped the hospital? Why so, did he punch you? Well, because he, he took time out of his day to take me to the hospital and then he was in a waiting room and while he was in a waiting room, I escaped. Right. Right? <laughs> because I thought I was on a mission to, yeah. to heal everybody because in my head I was going, I feel great. There's no need for me to be here. Yeah. And while I was in a waiting room, I actually made other people feel good and I made them laugh and stuff like right. that. So I was going, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good at this. Yeah. I went out and then I literally just went on this fucking weird journey and time was malleable. It felt rubbery. It felt, I, I felt like I was in a movie memento, you know, like where yeah. I woke up and I didn't know who I was and then I had to re my identity. Mm-hmm. And when I first woke up, I didn't know whether I was a good or a bad guy. I even asked myself that question. I was like, right. who am I? What have I done? That's so, it's so scary. It's terrifying. To not know, to literally not know because anything I'm, about yourself. You're imagine if like you vessel. wake up and you get a knock, because I got a knock on the door and it yeah. was uh, my neighbor's son. And uh, my neighbor, the day before, she was a little bit overwhelmed. And so I helped her with her laundry. I helped her with her dishes, right? And she's yeah. a single mom and stuff. So I was like, you know, I'll do this. I feel good and I'll, I'll do it for you. And so then she like, she was so happy that she um, 
taught me how to clean the sink uh, properly. Because I was like, I said, oh, wow, your sink's really white. And she was like, oh, well, let me teach you a little, little bit of bleach. Blah, blah. So she lent me the bleach. And so the, the, the morning I wake up, and I don't know who I am, you know, knock on the door. Could have been anybody. Imagine right. if it was just the police, you're under arrest. Yeah. For a thing, I don't know what no I did. Right? But he goes, where's the bleach? You know, we need the bleach. And I go, oh, my God, where is the bleach? What have I done with the bleach? And so I started getting a bit worried. And so I go, uh, okay, let me just go down. Uh, I'll come back downstairs and, and I'll look for it. And because I just don't know what I've done. Right. And then um, what did I do the, the housemate comes out and goes, what are you looking for? And he was creepy. And like, he's always <laughs> looking in the, in the eyes. What are you looking for? And I was like, oh, the bleach. And all of a sudden he went into detail about bleach. And I kept going, how do you know so much about bleach? <laughs> so all of a sudden I started getting scared of him. Yeah. So I then went downstairs to uh, my neighbor. And I was just honest with her. And then she was come in and I get a little vo voice going, do you trust her? How do you know this person? Yeah, how do you know this Why person? Why is she inviting you in? Yeah, so all of a sudden got worried about that. Yeah. I mean, very quickly. I, I mean, was it's just like on being the floor. born uh, in an adult body with a blank slate. It was that. It, it actually... Like, uh, all right, I'm in this new body. How, how do I act? Through, I don't know anything. Right. And, and actually, it's, it is kind of this rebirth, yeah. uh, which is what I felt, honestly, to, to let go of these three traumatic moments. They were like a gate, you know, like, and I was to think I was talking to you yesterday about it, the, yeah. the, the hero's journey. Right. I was like, whoa, it's such a, it isn't a wonderful coincidence that out of the eight videos that, of hypnotherapy, three were sort of important for me. And every time I went past one traumatic memory, I like people were saying, Eric, you, you seem taller. And actually, I wasn't, it's not that I'm taller. All of a sudden, I stood taller. Right. I stood like my gait was better. Stop slouching. I stopped slouching. I felt better. Yeah. And that, honestly, it's, I, I, I don't know yet how to put it all into words, what I've experienced. But the, the moment, uh, the sort of moment of my divorce, all the way up to healing, all the way up to now. I mean, hypermania only happened two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and that is, honestly, I, I, was, I rang Brian Vokey. He's a great comedian. Yeah. Uh, check him out. He's got a podcast. No, sir, I don't like it. Um, With Carmen Morales, another great um, comedian. Great. It's just, uh, they're yeah. both wonderful. Anyway, I, I rang him because what I like about Brian is that he's, he can happily just talk about suicide. Yeah. And, and he's, he's real about it. Oh, he's absolutely. He's real. And I hope he never does it because I love him. Right. To death. But I was able to, I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. Yeah. And I rang him and I went, what is the point? That's how I felt. What, uh, that's how I felt like at the time. What is the point of me being on this fucking earth if I'm not allowed to feel that good? Because I felt so good, and I understand that this could be just all in my brain, it most likely is. Uh, I mean, that's every emotion is all right? in your brain. Right. But, but what I mean is reality was beautiful. Yeah. Like, everything was stunning. Whatever, everything I was looking at was just pure heaven like yeah. there was a moment where i climbed a mountain it felt like with with becky robinson and on the other side we just experienced something that was just so much nicer and and i felt like i had a connection with her because we spoke about sort of things that caused us a bit of trauma in the past as children and and i felt a stronger connection with her and i was like oh this is fucking this is heaven like heaven could be on earth if yeah. we just looked for it that's right. how i felt like yeah so i'm feeling so fucking good and then i have to go to hospital because Oh, Eric, Eric's acting weird. Oh, 
fuck. So like, well, I have to go to hospital because I feel weird. Because I'm because I because I feel good. I mean, right. I mean the, that to me, I could not comprehend. I was like, the idea of going we're not to allowed. the hospital for feeling good. You were saying you felt invincible, right? And so yeah, that yeah. Made that that idea of feeling invincible could put yourself in danger. But I didn't mind that because honestly, I was. Not, so I wasn't looking for danger. Right? I'm not saying that that's what you were looking for, but that's a reason why you might get hospitalized. It's like, we oh, don't totally. want to put you in, like, if you're feeling invincible, and as you said yesterday, it's like, if I'm driving a car and I'm feeling invincible, you know. Yeah, so I'm glad, I am glad I went back yeah. to, to have um, uh, moments of teaching balance, because that's what the hospital did. I, I really am so glad I went to the hospital, yeah. because they were wonderful. Um, the unit manager was called Genesis, which I was like, oh, good. Yes, yeah. I'm still on my mission. Is yeah. what I felt like a little bit. Yeah. But they taught me a little bit about balance because of those moments. Like being in a car, I'm glad that actually now I don't feel invincible behind a, the wheel. Right. But um, I spoke about it yesterday. I was prepared to die mm-hmm. and not in a sad way, not in a suicide way. I wasn't looking for danger. But if the opportunity arose, I would fucking stand up and... The reason I do that is because actually one of the memories I went through was I got, you know, most people got bullied as a kid, you know, but fuck, man. Like I went through some weird shit. Like yeah. one guy went to prison because he beat me up pretty badly. Uh, and I was 15 and he was 21. And uh, there was multiple occasions that it was me versus five, you know, like yeah. always. And, and, uh, I said to my best friend, like, because he said, which memory of bullying came up? And the one that came up was there was some kids and they had snooker cues, pool cues, you know, and they uh, started sort of being me right. with them and bullying me. And the reason it was hard, it wasn't the beating. In my head, I was like, oh, another one? Yeah. It was um, the fact that there was adults walking past. And not... Stopping not, it. Not stopping yeah. it. And and he said, oh, that's like the abandonment of the adult world. Because, you know, there's the abandonment of parents, I felt, which we all must feel at some degree. Like, because at some point we have to leave the nest and it's hard and we have to get up on our own two feet. But the abandonment of the adult world. Because I was a kid. I was like 15 or whatever. Right. And to look around at adults and going, no one's fucking helping. That was honestly the fucking hardest thing that's a, that's a question you'll start to ask. Do I not matter? Do I, what, what, what is... It's the whole bystander is, why effect. Is, why are people just letting this happen? Yeah, because people are scared. Yeah. And, I, and, in, and now I go back and I go... people just like, Wait. I don't want to get involved. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this kid did to deserve that. Uh, but right. Uh, <laughs> right, right. And I was like, what did you do? I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe he was the bad one. You know, you, people just were like, all right, you know. People just like, don't want to get hurt. Yeah. And so they'll... I just, just want to be... I just, you know. And that... That, I think, was horrible. And, and that is something that I will not... And I've noticed this in my past, that if something bad happens, I usually am the one to stand up and speak yeah. out. Now, I used to do it, um, and there was, there was fear. A healthy dose, but there was, there was fear. And, um, but because I was in pain myself, I didn't feel strong enough. And now, I feel... I'm like... I will do fucking right. Yeah. Like, if something bad happens in front of me, I will not allow it. I won't. Yeah. Because because of that bystander effect, because of the fact that people walk past. And so, th- already feeling like that, plus feeling invincible, mate, I would have taken a bullet for someone. Yeah. 
Honestly, and and I actually would have gone. Oh, I died with a purpose. I right. I made. I saved somebody. Yeah, and I feel, yeah, I feel that way. And that is something that I think I still have. Like, yeah. And and so, uh, is that hypomania? Like, I I don't, I don't know. Think so. I don't think I, it's mania. I don't think so. I think it's it's a uh, it's about your belief about what you need to do in the world. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's finding your purpose. And right. whether or not that's an intense purpose of like I need to do good, I need to be there for other people, I need to be, you know, it's it's a, a form of I guess you could say narcissism or selfishness. It was like I need to be the one. Like what? Why, why are you? But it's like because that's just how I find peace is by being there right. for others. You know that sort of thing. That's what I need to be. And uh, did you? But did you? Do you think it's selfish? A, a, a form of selfishness. Yeah. Right, right. You know because it's like because why? Why? Why is it you? Why do you need to be the one? You know, it's like how well, because because who else is fucking doing but, it? But yeah, like, but that's but that's the thing. It's like that's the, I mean, that's the truth. You look yeah. at Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, right? Yeah. Who's getting a lot of shit because she's actually standing up to like right, right, right. and it's like why her? Well, because so nobody else. no one else yeah. is doing it. But right? so I'm not saying selfishness in a bad way. I'm saying self. It's like it's a form of like thinking yourself high uh, high enough of yourself that it's like I need to be the one to do this. Right. Right. Is a form of narcissism and selfishness of just right, like right. it. It makes me feel good to do is like, oh, you're doing it for you to feel good. Oh, you know, I don't so, know, if you know I, but like, I don't know if I'm doing it to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But it does make take a bullet. But it does make you feel good that you have that. Uh, I'm not. And again, I'm not uh, like no, 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 accusing you of. No, no, uh, no. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying you know the, I mean? the that that. Side it, of the the uh, the argument or the, yeah, the, the yeah. coin. That's why I'm now I'm exploring you now. Right. So <laughs> it's like um, okay because I'm trying to think about that. I and again I'm not saying ideally, it as a bad thing. Ideally, I don't want to do that. Right. right? So for example, uh, I'd I'd love to just get on with my own shit. Right. I'd put me on set. I'll act. Like yeah. I don't want yeah. to necessarily do that. Right. And. And because there is fear attached to it, like, I, no, I, so I don't know if it necessarily, fe- no, because it does also feel good. Of course it, it does great. feel, it yeah. feels great, but it's, I don't think that's necessarily why I do it. So okay. that, that's the honest okay. truth. Okay. It's, I don't think that I, I do it go and then I go, oh, because it feels good. Right. I do it because it's the right thing. Right thing to do. And. And somebody and a, has to do it, and and that's on both sides, you right. know. Like I, I do feel like if a bad guy like gets his comeuppance or whatever, um, good. But also, like we need to learn to forgive, right? right? Because otherwise, you just we keep battling. There's each no, other. there's no moving forward if you can't, right? And we have to like, and so I will not take a bullet for, but like for example, again, my housemate, right? So he, he has anger issues, but actually, we we really opened up about why he feels like that mm-hmm. and so i go man your pain is fucking deep yeah like deeply rooted like and the the kid version of him did not deserve the shit that he got right and he's still dealing with these the remnants of that and so that's why when he was punching me not only was i seeing it as a test for myself yeah and i'm so glad that i realized that not only can i take a punch but that i was happy to take it yeah i was like just do it you need me to take the punch. Yeah, yeah, that's what you need. But it was interesting that I was like, oh, man, I'm seeing him as vulnerable. Right. Like, that's because that is, like, sad. Yeah. That That is how he has to react. 
and and uh, I don't know. What well, I guess the question is, what's the solution for the pain? You know, because it's it is so cool that you're able to take the punch, but you shouldn't have to take the punch. I shouldn't have to take the you punch, I mean? but like, but and and what you know, I mean like he, by pu- that he punched is me. Like he punched me twice, and on the third time, he drove me back to hospital. And yeah. on the way to the hospital, he apologized, right? right. Because Which is great. He, it's not something that he wanted to do, right? And then I also made light of it. I I was like, just so you know, you've got a good punch, mate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and I know I probably needed it, right? Because because in all fairness, like I gave him a scare. I was yeah. all you know. You, you have to look at the other side of the coin, and of course, frustratingly, I hope that he goes out to fix that right because that's that's the issue is like he or whoever gives throws the punch right they obviously have stuff that you don't know about they, they have that exposition that you just you haven't you don't know their full backstory and right. stuff like that and they have to deal with that but they have to deal with that because they can't continue to just uh, if they just continue to apologize the apologies become meaningless oh absolutely and it's like, ah, oh, sorry, I punched you for the uh, hundredth time. It's like, it doesn't work like that anymore. Right, right. I mean, like, you for example, if, go into self- if we still live together, yeah. right? Because I, I was going to approach him and just go, Let, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. Because that's certainly something that I would not allow again. Right. But, you know, you can punch me once, I think, with, with people. I think people can punch me once. <laughs> I say and that in public. Metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Don't. But ultimately, like, because the way I see it is if, if someone punches, you're the scared one. That's how I see it. Yeah. And that's how it feels. Like, you know, it's, you know, I look at the bullies that did punch me and stuff. And then I go, actually, you probably had a really shit life. Your, yeah. your home life was probably very challenging. Well, you, you know, hope like, so. And... Well, no, but that's how it feels like. It just, even yeah. looking at just the real life, looking at reality, the people that get physical, I go, whoa, you're scared. That's how I see it. I yeah. go, you're fucking scared. Just chill out. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And actually, the truth is, you're scared to delve into why you are currently well, the way you are. it's physical versus mental uh, development, right? And it's, it's like uh, people who get really physical and really just like, they, they, not always, not across the board, but a lot of times they ignore mental strength right right because it's like i i need to be able to hand you know it's a hunter gatherer you know base instincts stuff like that where it's like um i got to be able to handle my shit Mm. but anything any emotion is weakness right so i just got to be the strongest Mm -hmm. and the brain the mental what the mind whatever it is comes very 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 secondary and it's it's a hard thing to reason have a reasonable conversation with somebody who just has a fundamentally different view of what's important in yeah. life yeah 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 cuz you're living in different realities right and it's hard to understand that well we're living on the same earth but we're living in different realities i'm so glad that you phrased it like that as well because uh, i i think thankfully through um uh pop culture and stuff people are starting to understand uh what is meant by reality. Yeah. Uh, because we all go, oh, we're all on planet Earth. But actually, not only is, let's say, living in... For example, I'm leaving LA because the reality of the UK is that there is more work right. for me there. And so more work it will affect how I view things. But also the reality is, fuck, I hope I stay positive. Because right. LA people are actually a beautifully positive bunch. Um, because they have to be, because it's quite on hard the surface, here. yeah. 
And uh, I hope that I get to keep that because in the UK, I love you, UK, but you're a bunch of miserable cunts. <laughs> like, just so miserable. Because there's no sunshine, really. Yeah. And there's just the whole keep calm and carry on attitude. It's more expensive, too. Is it? Yeah, I found it, yeah. I, I mean, found the it pound, expensive the, here. The pound's way uh, ah, yeah, more yeah, than the, the dollar. Pa- yeah, okay. yeah, it's just for me, it, yeah. for me, it's a, when I go to London, it's a lot right. more expensive for me. But. Okay, because uh, I, was, I was thinking in terms of living. Gotcha. So, like, l- living, it feels like, okay, the amount of money you make... Um, I feel like comparatively to uh, how much your bills are. Yeah, all of that. It it feels like it's. But yes, to to actually travel there from the US for a period of time, yeah, it's more expensive for sure. But I Um, love it. I love going over there. Yeah, it's fun. You'll be there in Edinburgh, which will be really nice. Uh, That'll be. That's just a little war horn for, for he will be there. And I you will must be see there. Uh, this was a actually a nice conversation. Apologies that I spoke about me. Hey, this no, this is this was I love this because what we talked about last night and what we talked about today. It's it's important to get this out there for people to yeah hear I th- and I listen think, and but, analyze and I hope that people uh, vehemently disagree and vehemently agree and have discussions and want and like reasonable rational discussions and yeah feel free to reach like out if you want I'll, I'll tell you one thing actually that I I'm not good at doing yeah. which I'm going to start doing is asking for help right? yeah and and by help I mean for example financial I have a Patreon page if you like my podcast and and thankfully a lot of people have reached out because yeah. I'm actually very honest yeah and and what's your Venmo uh, oh, I didn't think about Venmo. Uh, Eric Lampere is my goes. Venmo. So, Venmo. But yeah, I've got a Patreon page as well. And, uh, you know, I just even $1 a month will yeah. uh, will will help out towards... It'll be great. Like, even just running, for example, running the SoundCloud page. everybody who's listening gives him $1 a month, that will that be what, like five be bucks? <laughs> hey! <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, probably, actually. <laughs> um... But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks uh, for coming I, on the podcast. I love, uh, I love Thanks for being, you, man. honestly, a great friend. You're a I mean, kind I, man. I love you, buddy. And uh, I am excited to go to uh, be in Europe with you. Yeah, it'll and, be wonderful. And uh, I'm excited for your uh, journey, and I'm excited to be there with you. I am excited about the journey as well. I yeah. Honestly, I, I know that I'm, I sound like a maniac. Uh, no, no, but it, it's... But actually, I think that I am a maniac that's honest about it. Yeah. While others... I'm really scared to speak their truth. Oh, uh, that's it's one of the uh, it that to me is the goal of performance. Uh, uh, I speak mostly from stand, and also I want to say I'm not an expert in anything. Uh, by the way, so like right. everything that I was presenting to you, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just questions, yeah, questions and thoughts like that are based off of nothing. Like I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Right, right, right. I don't know because like, I one moment you were saying you know, selfish, right? And right. It's, it and seemed I like I was upset by it, right. but it wasn't. It was more like, oh, intriguing. Yes. And so that and so for me to say selfish, that's just that was a thought that I had at the time, right, not right. because of any insight uh, from schooling that I had. Just like it right, seems right. to me that like that was the way it was going. So if you're listening to this, so have conversations like me and Jeffrey. Yeah. Feel free to like ask and don't get uh, what's the word because that's something that I used to be, which was. Uh, Sensitive is not the right word, um, but if someone was to say something like selfish, selfish, and I would I, get defensive. Is the word? They yeah, were. Defensive. defensive. And because and because I wasn't, and I want, I knew that he wasn't getting defensive, but I also wanted to make it clear that I wasn't saying selfish in a bad because selfish has a bad connotation sometimes. Mm, and I was yeah. trying to make sure that I was like not in like a well, malicious actually, way. That's a great point. You know, you make a great point. It you 
because the reason I was really taken to hospital is because I was doing so much good for others that I forgot to do good for me. Right. Uh, like it's in terms of like getting to, good sleep, yeah. good food, um, just a little bit of me time. Yeah. Uh, I was not doing that because I was so obsessed with doing good. Because it's important to take, you know, it's important to take care of yourself. Because oh, if yeah. you can't take care of yourself, taking care of others will hinder the others. Right. And like, uh, yeah, it, it goes, you need to, hands down true. needs you, your community, or you, family, community. Like that. That is. That's, oh, look at that. They love that. That <laughs> is you. just uh, such a great you. point. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll be here all week and then Edinburgh <laughs> from the 1st to the 25th. And I'll be around Europe uh, July 16th through the well, 31st, probably as well. Uh, London, Sweden, Prague, Switzerland, Berlin. Uh, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> I like that. Love you, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. JeffreyBaldinger.net. <laughs> 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 <laughs>